Luke 15 is filled with many different parables that all teach us the same thing. The beginning of this chapter starts with tax collectors and other sinners listening to Jesus teach. And so the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complained that he was associating with sinful people and eating with them. So Jesus told them a story about a man that had a hundred sheep and one of them gets away. He said, what I do, don't you leave the 99 to go search for the one? And when you find that one, don't you carry it home on your shoulders joyfully? And in verse six, he says, when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So what Jesus is teaching us here is the lost souls, the one person who comes back and repents and says, Father, I have sinned. Please cleanse me of my sins. I want to give my life completely to you. In heaven, the angels are dancing and they're excited about this. Why? Without repenting, that person wouldn't be able to spend eternity with Jesus. But the 99, and you may say, but I'm one of those 99. Is God not happy with me? Is Jesus not happy with me? He absolutely is. However, once we have learned of the goodness of his love and his mercy and we have repented, the expectation is that we continue to serve him. The expectation is that our soul is already saved. So if our soul is saved, then Jesus doesn't have to worry about us. God doesn't have to worry about what's going to happen with us for eternity. We also learn about the parable of the lost son. So there was a man, he had two sons and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between both of his sons. And a few days later, the younger son took all of his stuff and moved far away. And when he moved far away, he spent all of his money on all of the things of the world. And then there was a famine that swept over the land. So he went from being on top of the world to having to go look for work and working in a pig farm. And he became so hungry that he started looking at the food the pigs were eating and saying, mm, that looks good. When he finally came to his senses, he was like, hold on, I'm dying of hunger and my father has a lot. Even his servants are eating better than him. I'm going to go back home to my father and say, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Verse 19, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he went home and when he was a long way in the distance, his father saw him coming and his father was filled with love and compassion. So he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His father said, I've sinned and I'm not worthy of you. But his father said, oh, no, 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 no. Bring him the finest robe. Go kill the fattened calf and kill it and bring it so we can eat and get a ring for his finger and put sandals on his feet. So when the older son came back, he was in the field working all day. And he was like, what is all this music about? And he asked one of the servants and they said, your brother's back and your dad killed the fattened calf. The older brother was angry 
and he would not go into the house. His father came outside and begged him. In verse 29, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. And the father said, dear son, you have always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day because your brother was dead and now he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. I went exhaustively through that parable because I wanted to paint this picture. And the picture I'm painting is the fact that this is the way that we often treat God. We often say, God, give me all of those blessings that I have been praying for. Great, you gave me those blessings. I'm taking those things and I'm leaving. I'm going off to live my life as I was living my life before. And then we get down on our, our luck and something bad happens. The tide shift, the economy goes down, our marriage ends, we lose a job, our child gets sick, we lose a parent. Whatever happened, and we come back to God, crawling on our feet, asking for his mercy and his grace and his love, and he gives it to us wholeheartedly. He gives it to us without batting an eye. He just gives to us because he loves us so much. We don't have to beg. We don't have to plead. We don't have to say, I'll just take a little bit of your love, God. I'll just take a little corner over here. He gives us it all because God loves us unconditionally. And those of us who are already in the right relationship with God, those of us who live our day, live our life each and every day, speaking to God and connected to God. He loves us unconditionally too. And he's saying, everything I have is yours. So all of the riches and glory, all of the love that he has, all of the grace, it is already ours. And all we have to do is just ask, just tap into it. So remember those lost souls, God loves those lost souls. And if you are at that place today where you don't have that relationship with God, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of your love. And Lord, today I repent and I give my life fully to you. For the rest of my life, I will serve you. In your holy and precious name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, know that God heard your words. Know that God loves you so dearly and he is waiting with open arms to envelope you in love. Be blessed.